I mentioned in last week's podcast that we have family living with us right now and little ones and it's beautiful and it's full on chaotic and it's trikes in the kitchen and bicycles going around while we're making <laughs> breakfast and you know music and singing and and we're still singing jingle bells here in, awesome. in February and all that yeah precious but draining let's just be honest mm -hmm. raising toddlers is a young man's game and the other night, I just found myself fried after a long day, fried from the war, fried from the battle, fried from a lot of different things. And then I come home, and it's beautifully chaotic. <laughs> and so I go in my office, and I'm like, what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? And I started watching, I paused on my computer, a nature show, mm. focusing on Iguazu Falls. Mm. down in South America, mm -hmm. these gorgeous, gorgeous falls and just watching nature in its glory and just beauty. I have my headphones on, so I'm not hearing the chaos in the house right now. I'm just taking in the beauty of nature. And it reminded me of, of a passage um, from Get Your Life Back where I describe going to Yellowstone and going to Yellowstone Falls, almost on a pilgrimage mm -hmm. of soul care. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been to Yellowstone a ton of times because, you know, we love it. We love the West and the Tetons and all that. But I had never been to the brink of the falls, and I found a trail that takes you down there. I'm standing on the precipice looking. It's just a little railing that mm. you can look over. So there's nothing blocking your view you're watching this magnificent waterfall from the top wow. spilling down. And here's what I wrote. It's hard to describe the experience. The river is clear, smooth, translucent green, right as it slips over the brink. Looking down, it becomes a churning cataract of unceasing foaming waves plunging into the abyss like the breakers of ocean waves, but one on top of another, all spray and foam and deep hues, green in the depths at the top, turning lavender in the long plunge. Water is so life-giving, and the deluging cataract was not violent, but forceful in its plenitude, living majesty unceasingly renewed, mm -hmm. so that as I leaned over, all I saw was the foaming deluge pouring down, down, down in white billows through which jade, greens, soft blues, and lavender appeared and disappeared, pouring down with such grace. I practically went with it. I later told Stacy it looked like the glory of God. Hmm. If it had been, I would have thrown myself in. <laughs> Welcome back, friends, to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the second week in February, part two of a conversation with Alex and Alan on our team about getting our life back, not just the book, but the practices here after a year that really pounded everyone's heart and soul. We, we are more weary than when I wrote all that mm -hmm. and more in need of things that are, that are going to just help renew us this year. We've got 
to take the care of our souls really seriously right now. Mm-hmm. And most of us can't, you know, get a sabbatical or quit our jobs or have someone else homeschool our kids or whatever the situation is. You know, we're, we're in it. We're in our immediate life right now. But there are things we can do. And what I wanted to pick up with this week was the, the power of beauty. Mm. Was that helpful in 2020? Where did that go? <laughs> did you stay with it? Did it disappear? How can we get it back? Oh man, John, for me it was huge and the way it expressed itself was I ended up, and I think I've shared this in a couple other places, so it may not be new for everyone, but I one of the practices that I ended up doing this last year was outside every day um, and it came in the form of trying to run every day, run a mile as a minimum. Just a mile every day. Just a mile every day um, or, or more, and some days were more. Um, and and it's increased over time, but the real practice wasn't necessarily run a mile, like it became for me, get outside every day. And so if that was a bike ride, if that was a walk with Mel and the dog, if that was a run, you know, just spending that time every day outside, regardless of the conditions. So like there are days I'm outside and it's just blustery and there's snow falling and it's, um, most people would go, there's no way I'm going outside in that. Um, but I would find myself in the in those days, especially like, whoa, I've just tapped into something really special mm. here because there's a beauty to it too. Like to see the snow falling and the wind blowing and yes. and um and what's happening. And so many days where um, you know, I'd I didn't get my run in in the morning and the day kind of gets away from me. And so I'd be like, oh man, I got to get this, I got to get this in uh, this evening. And I would, and I would force myself to go out and not be eager for it. But then I'd get out there and the sun would be setting and the sky over the mountains is pink and, and it's just beauty and it's gorgeous. And I would slow myself down and pay attention and just observe. Yeah. Observe what's happening. Observe the, like I love the mountain outline at that time in the evening where um, it's just this, the mountains are black ink. And so the ridge lines are just striking against the pink or, or starting to turn dark sky behind it. And, and there's something just really healing about that. And so that, that's been a daily practice up into today. So went out for a run right with the on. dog this morning. Um, and that's been so life-giving. Yes. Yeah, I had forgotten to get out as much as I should have in 2020. And when it was work from home and everybody was kind of shut in, I knew the power of getting outside, but let it slip. And so I would get up, go straight into the study, get on Zoom calls, Hmm. emails, Zoom calls, phone calls, and was really productive at a time where I felt like I'm stuck at home, but I can be productive. Hmm. But I let go of the kindness to my soul of being outside much. And so the first few months were pretty brutal, and I I knew that had to change. And so I'm not a runner, 
But I even started the simple practice of we have a dog and we don't have a fence. Yeah. And so usually our teenagers are the ones that have to put a leash on and walk him out. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I'll do that. I want to do that because he's got to get out five times a day. And even if I'm walking him around the block or in our front yard, like just that micro act of being outside in our yes. own property yes. was mm-hmm. was enough to make a difference. And so that was, I started getting outside probably two, three months in after being way too much time indoors. And it, it was a rescue. Oh, it friends, simple. it works, it works, it works, it helps. And finding ways to get beauty back into your life, for us, beautiful music became really, really crucial. And yes, worship, I mean, playing worship in the house and and in the car and, and when you've got your noise-canceling headphones on and but other beautiful music too. And then, you know, we just came through the holiday season. And so I was on Handel's Messiah, like mm-hmm. on, on a mm-hmm. loop of just the beauty of that. And yep, there's brain research that shows that, you know, it does wonderful integrative things to your brain and they use music and a lot of therapy in, in traumatic brain injuries. But the power of beauty and and honestly, I know it's screens, but there's a good use of screens. I, nature shows were a rescue for me, and yeah. particularly now. So now connecting, and we were talking about the power of the news, and there's also some research on the brain that shows that your brain doesn't know how to differentiate when you're watching like a violent movie that this is not real, Hmm. when it's seeing these images, it is triggering cortisol and all that stuff in your system. And, you know, you you finish those movies and you're exhausted, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because your body took Hmm. the throttling from that. Hmm. The news does the same thing to you. And it just, it, you know, it just triggers and triggers and triggers things in your body and in your soul, fear and anxiety. And, And I was pretty triggered with all that was going on in the world, all that is going on in the world. And what I actually needed in addition to beauty, and this is, I think, the connection of beauty for us, I needed God. I needed perspective. Yeah. And so Stacy had watched this beautiful thing on blue whales. Hmm. You know, it's the largest mammal ever. And they live out in the open ocean for the most part. And, and it was just beautiful, beautiful cinematography. Of, of a blue whale and her calf in slow motion and just watching them swim. It's all mm-hmm. it was. Just mm-hmm. watch. Not only was it just like I could feel my body come down, I could feel my anxiety come down, but the reminder for me was, God, mm-hmm. this is who you are. This is what is true. Yeah. It was like being let into the kingdom of God. It was that powerful for me, that powerful of a rescue. That, that beauty speaks of what is most true, of who God is, what he's like, his care for the world, his involvement in the world. Hmm. John, there's a chapter in Get Your Life Back. When I looked back into the book for this podcast, at first I thought, is this a bonus chapter? Like, did this, is this a new edition of the book that... Because I remember going through the book and 
being very involved on the team with all the content, but I totally forgotten this chapter and it's actually one of my favorites and it's called remembering who you love. And that's not part of the, you know, video series and the study guide. It didn't, it didn't make one of those sessions and it, yet it's one of the most, I think, important chapters to remember about who God is and who you love. And I just want to read a paragraph from it. But this chapter in it, you say, life has a way of eroding our confidence in the goodness of God. What a ridiculous understatement. Let me try again. Life is a savage attack, striking at random, poisoning our heart's assurance that God is good, or at least good toward us. That makes it so hard to find more of God, to receive him in fresh and wonderful ways into our being. Mm -hmm. So it's here we must seek healing, and now is a good time to do so. And in this chapter, you describe how to bring our hearts back around to God, how to remember his goodness, even when life doesn't seem good, the world doesn't seem right. And man, for me, it was a perfect moment to go back into this chapter and, and remembering because I found myself kind of, without ever saying it out loud, I found my heart thinking, when things aren't going as well, God may not be as good to me or or to our country or to the Oh, totally. And this was like this was like a cup of cold water for my parched soul to go, oh right. Let me remember who God is, his goodness. And you have some some simple practices in here on how to do that. But uh, it, it was a rescue. And, you know, we can, we can forget God's goodness if we just react to the world around us and the events around us and, and the way things seem to be going mm. in the headlines. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to, to name that chapter. Oh, it's so good. And and dear friends, the, the assault is not just from the world. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, Paul reminds us. And there are forces in the spiritual realm right now, like desolation, that are so difficult to live under, especially if you don't name them Hmm. and pray about it. And to come back to the goodness of God is probably more critical now in this hour than than ever in our lifetimes, just because of how heated, you know, the world got super crazy and all the different pressures and the unique pressures that we're in. There's just that. But then in in the heavens, that war has also gotten super intense and just the forces trying to get your mind, the forces trying to take away your faith, the for- mm. of just darkness coming in, all the more reason to be strong in this hour, all the more reason to practice things that bring life, give life, that you can get five minutes here, 15 minutes there, I can get out for a walk. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And there's always a reason not to. And, you know, for us in winter climbs, you know, it's now the reason is always, it's just, oh, it's too cold. Too cold. But I'm trying to make that my daily. I got inspired on your daily. Yeah. Alex, awesome. uh, just do something daily. Yes. Right? You actually called it streaking. Uh, which those of us from the <laughs> 80s will remember in different ways, but uh-huh. you have your clothes on and so do I. Yep. But just, okay, I 
I am going to do this no matter how cold it is, how little I feel like it. Mm-hmm. I, I am going to walk every day. I'm going to, I'm going to readopt these practices again. You know, I think we all started out with, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. We're going to live well. Mm-hmm. You know, resolve to really take care of my soul. You know, in, in during these quarantines, not really knowing last March where all this was going to go, and then man. Just a slow war of attrition. Yeah. A lot of it fell to the side. Yeah. So what are you taking up again? What what else? What what is helpful in this hour that's accessible to our folks? So one of the things that's new actually for me in in this new year. Um is returning to some basic practices of my life with God and with Mel. And um, and one of the things I've just 2020 made me very aware of is the need for upgrade, the need for upgrade in, in my life with God. And as I was looking at also Mel and I's life with God together, my wife, the realization was, man, we've really, we we did not have a consistent time of praying together. And and so just like the, I'm gonna get outside every day, I, I was like, I really want to create a practice of praying with her every day. And, and I think what's held me back in the past, and that this is what I think will be helpful to people is, I think I've always looked at it as well. Then I've got to I've got to do the full prayer, right? That I've got to I've got to I've got to make it, you know, long, and I've got to address all these different things. And maybe we need to do the, you know, the daily prayer in its fullness every day. And and that's where I got stuck mm. and stymied. And and so for once, I went, what if we just made it simple? And we said, some days, yeah, we might pray that long and some days it's going to be short but we're just going to do it and and so for i don't know how many days we've been going now but since January 1st it's been consistent every day mm. and it's now born out of of need and i think that's made some difference too yes. where it's like i actually need this yes and it is strengthening both of us mm. not only just our relationship with one another, but our relationship to God is being strengthened by a simple daily practice. And and some days truly it is short and there's a kindness in that to go, that's okay. Yes. But it's having a cumulative effect. And I think that's, that's important to recognize is to go, if you can create these, these micro practices that have a cumulative effect, Bingo. they have a big effect. Bingo. Yeah, this is all about the cumulative effect. It's not mm-hmm. about one killer session, yeah. you know, one moment of beauty, mm-hmm. one moment of detachment, yes. one moment of stillness. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, no. This, these are simple habits that over time build a genuine strength back into our souls. They work. It, it works. Mm-hmm. And, and it is the cumulative effect. So you do, to again, to be kind to yourself, friends, you know, pick things that are sustainable. Yes. 
I, I, I know, I know. I've got several friends who they're on the, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year, finally this year, <laughs> yes. including my dear wife. And I think she's already off the program. <laughs> and some people can sustain that, and yeah. it's going to be wonderful and rich, but don't set yourself up for something that this ends up being discouraging. Yes. You know, I'm going to really apply myself to you know, 20 minutes of prayer every morning, or I'm going to make sure that yes. I read at least, uh, you know, da, 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 right? Kindness, gentleness, simple things, and let the need drive us, right? I mean, we are in need. Yes. I need, I need more than a month of total nothing right now in a beautiful place. That's mm -hmm. what I need. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get that. So, my need is still there. Let my need drive me in the cumulative effect. Just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. John, in the book, you offer a really simple practice. And you say, as you go through a normal day, just practice saying, I love you to God. Not once, but you say, repeat it in your heart over and over again. I love you, either out loud or you know, in your inner life. But that helps your heart follow into this act of, of loving God more. And so that's one thing that I've been trying to end the day at night and start the day the next morning, like head on my pillow. I don't have enough energy. I mean, I'll get to seven o'clock at night and I think it's 11 and I go, oh my gosh, it's only seven. I'm wiped out. So by the time I go to bed, rather than a lot of words, just to lay my head on the pillow and go, I yeah. love you, God. Yeah. I love you. And and go to sleep saying that and wake up saying that. Super simple practice, mm. but has been so helpful. And uh, just one other thing that I've been doing is trying to find ways to examine where my heart's trying to go. And when it's trying to go for relief, to try to gently, kindly move it to something that's more restorative. Because I, I learned in 2020, temporary relief is not helpful trying to just kind of numb the pain or numb the day or check out is not what I really need. So when I try to go to things that I feel like are just distraction or relief to say, honestly, no, Alan, that's not what you need. What's going to restore you tonight? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just sitting on the deck outside. Uh, I've started going back to, to books that are older, more classic. Um, I've never read... G.K. Chesterton's orthodoxy. Hmm. And I keep hearing people say what an incredible voice he has and and how his message from, you know, 100 years ago is so timely for our world. And yet uh, I tend to choose things that are new and that are just out and the hot new book and the bestseller. And instead to go, I'm going to actually go back to some classics um, and read that. And C.S. Lewis has this, most people know of Narnia, but they don't know about his his trilogy, the space trilogy. And and so just going back to things like that where 15 minutes here, 10 minutes outside on the deck rather than one more beer or binging on a Netflix series has made a huge difference. And it starts with that question, like, is this relief or mm. is this restoring my heart? And Alan, particularly to the cumulative effect of it, because the effect works on both sides of this equation. If we if we keep going for relief, for me it's been 
salt and vinegar potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> I love salt and vinegar potato chips. And if that's the relief, that's the, my soul's not well, I'm fried, I, I need God, I, but I just go there. You know, once or twice, gang, comfort eating is totally fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the problem is the cumulative. If, yeah. if this is now weeks of practice, months of practice, okay, now it's now it's hammering my health, right? Yeah, and right. and I'm not building in the cumulative direction of of restoration. And so God God has steered me away from a couple of my things. I you know, confessed an obsession with the Premier League uh, British soccer on on the podcast in the past. And and uh, God kind of gently but kindly, he, he actually sort of took away the joy of it hmm. in order to get me outside. Yeah. And he says, buddy, you're in front of a screen again right now. What you need to do is go walk the dog. Yeah. And I, I got, okay, yeah, I've got 20 minutes. I could spend it for relief or restoration. Hmm. I'd rather have the cumulative effect of restoration building over time, a stronger soul. I've been thinking a lot about resiliency and how we really needed it coming into the the shockwaves that we've been living in. And I'm calling it now the 14th month of 2020 because the world hasn't just immediately flipped back to a wonderful place. Resiliency is what we needed. Most of us did not come into this with a great deal of resiliency because the comfort culture had softened us and because the crazy culture, you know, the technology, the pace, the madness, what, what we consider to be just a normal day in people's lives is absolute madness on your humanity. And so now, Lord... What do we need for resiliency? Because we didn't come into this tough season with it or with enough of it, and then we got severely depleted. And Stace and I are using that phrase. There is a severe level of depletion. Hmm. How do we restore, renew, find God, and, and recover resiliency? Feels like... And just as a counselor looking at humanity, it feels like the number one question. It feels like that that's the bullseye mm. for all other things. Your marriage, your hopes and dreams, your parenting, your, you know, facing the crises that you're probably facing. All those other things center in a deeper level of wellness and a deeper level of resiliency. And so back to, for example, the mental strength pause that we added to the pause app. Like, okay, I need to get my mind back. I need to spend mm -hmm. time there. And I want to cumulatively over time build resiliency in my mind. I, mm -hmm. I need more resiliency in my mind at this point. Yeah, John, the, what you were saying earlier of the need will tell you. You just pay attention to yourself and where you're at, what you're experiencing, and the need will tell you and will inform you to, to drive toward that. Mel and I, I could just feel as we've been dealing with the last year and everything going on, a disconnection in our our relationship. And that's partly what 
has driven me toward seeking out, you know, we need to find God together each day in some simple way that connects us and connects us to him. And so making making that shift to begin to do that is really having a pretty profound impact on us actually feeling connected to each other. And the way it's playing out is what I've realized is there are days where we're not great. We're not super connected with each other, but just that simple, man, I, I know what I need. I know what we need. And so though I don't feel like praying with her right now, <laughs> and this one's going to be short, it just has this effect of re- reconnecting us. And somehow it it allows, it's not a shortcut, but it is a, it is a workaround to not letting things spin out and get worse. And it recenters us and it, and it provides a resiliency as you're talking about. We'll get your life back. Uh, what I love is, and you're naming Alex, is there's simple everyday practices there. Yeah, These are not, you know, you don't need to spend five years trying to master some technique to some Jedi high level technique. They're everyday things mm-hmm. you can do. And, and so, yeah, I think a big help is pick one or two yeah. and just get started. Just try it. It may just be saying, I love you, God, more each day. It may be getting outside a little more. But if in this world, this crazy world, if we are not proactive and are simply reactive, we're toast. Like it's, things are just going to get more chaotic. But but to proactively mm. go, I can do that or mm. I can choose to release everyone and everything mm-hmm. to God or I can be away from my technology a little more. Like those kind practices will have a cumulative effect that change how this new year is for you. Mm. Let me come back uh, in closing here. We are trying to care for our besieged souls and get some life back, get some joy back, get some hope back, get some clarity back. And you do that in very small ways. You do that in very small steps. But also, Christ offers something. So in last week's podcast, I was talking about Jesus's advice, his counsel to us who are living at the end of of the age. And he says, be on your guard, Luke 21, beginning in verse 34, be on your guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down. So there's an alertness there of, Mm. is my heart weighed down? And one of the things he names specifically is the worries of life. Oh, Lord, okay, thank you. But then he says this. He says, pray that you will have strength to escape the madness. Mm. And that grabbed me. I'm like, ooh, I can do that. I can ask for strength to escape the madness. And so I began to do a little a little bit of study on that. And that word strength is only used twice in the New Testament, both times by Jesus. The other time he uses it is in the famous passage where he's describing building his church. And he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm. Prevail. It is a prevailing strength. Wow. And, and the idea of this 
very strong Greek word is, it's almost combative. Mm. It's conquering strength. It's overcoming. It's not enduring grit your teeth strength. Yes. Just see me through this. <laughs> you know, it, it is a prevailing strength. It, is, yeah. it literally means to be stronger than the opponent. Yeah. And, and so we're asking God in this hour, I need that. I need your strength in me, a prevailing strength that allows me to escape the madness. And, and I don't think that's like an immediate, you know, you're, you're bodily lifted into heaven. He's saying, you are in the crazy. Yeah. And the crazy is really rough. This is all what Matthew 24 and Luke 21 are about. He's like, these are hard times. Hmm. Be alert. Don't get your heart weighed down and ask me for the strength hmm that allows you to prevail against it and escape its effects on you. Mm. So Jesus, that's what we ask for right now with our listeners. We are asking you a couple of very simple things. Lord, show me what I need to let go of. What, what am I caught up in that is draining me that I could let go of? Is it checking my phone too much? Is it worrying? Is it binging on potato chips to Netflix? What, what am I doing right now that is actually not strengthening my soul, but adding to the weariness? And Jesus, what are a couple of things I could do? What are you pointing me towards that I could begin to do to rebuild resiliency? And then beneath all this, our urgent prayer is we are asking for that prevailing strength that allows us to escape the effects, the draining effects of a world like the one we're living in right now. We ask you for that. It's a supernatural strength. It's a God-given strength. Would you impart to me Jesus, your strength in this hour, your hope, your joy, your love, and the strength that prevails. In your name, we are asking. Amen. Amen. Friends, we hope this two-part series has been helpful to you just to come back around to the idea of simple practices that, that do that. And if it's been a while since you picked up Get Your Life Back, please do. There's an audiobook version. And that might be a really lovely way to just, you don't even have to read. You can be read too. <laughs> yes. And then the pause app and the new pauses as well, the mental strength pauses, simple things to help us begin to rebuild the strength that prevails. Okay, one more thing before we go for your heart and soul. In fact, maybe the biggest thing of everything we've shared so far. On March 6th, Saturday afternoon, Stacy and I are holding a live stream event called Fresh Hearts, Strong Hearts, Homecoming 21. You might remember back in 2019, we did an, a live event called Homecoming. And many of you were here live and thousands more watched it eventually online. It was a beautiful, beautiful time together of healing and restoration and learning some of these 
basic things that we've been talking about today, all of this stuff on beauty and memory, that was all first taught at that homecoming conference. Anyhow, we have new things for you. Stacy and I have really had to press in in the last year and learn deeper ways of connecting with Jesus, deeper wells of refreshing and beautiful experiences, encounters in the kingdom of God to refresh our hearts. And we want to share it with you. So it's a 90-minute event on March 6th, 1 p.m., and that allows you know, friends in Europe and the British Isles and different places in the globe to get in, in in the evening. And that allows friends way out east in Australia to actually get in uh, in the very early morning and us here in the Americas to tune in sometime during the day. Do need to register. It's on our website, wildatheart.org. It'll be right there on the homepage. You do need to sign up for it. Fresh hearts, strong hearts. Come together with us and drink deeply of some new ways of being restored in this tough time. 